It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Some mind-numbing numbers for the Commanders. More on Jimmy G versus Carson. And the Commanders are working out who and at what position? All the details coming up next on the latest edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Come and join us. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you into the latest edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And we welcome you in, Commanders fans. You are certainly brave, no doubt about it. On the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Commanders is part of said Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, your daily podcast covering the Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. No matter how you join us, we appreciate you making us first listen and your first view of the day. My co-host David Harrison is off for this particular edition, but you can check him out in Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation and Commander's Country covering your Washington Commanders. He's back on the next episode, a crossover Thursday episode as we get you set for the Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Med Her Show on the Team 980, which you can find live anytime, Monday through Friday, from 9 a.m. to noon or anywhere on the Odyssey app, 980 a.m. in the greater Washington, D.C. area. And you can catch this show, of course, on the Odyssey app, download or available at any point. When we're not here or there, we're on Twitter. David is at dharrison82. I'm at Russellmania621. That's Russellmania621. And the show is at LO Commanders. Again, that's LO Commanders. And David is at D Harrison82. LOC is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs. You find the candidates, they help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. All right. So here we go with the show. We're going to finish up on the report from Sunday morning from Adam Schefter that was rumored earlier last week. Uh, Schefter clearly put it out there authoritatively. Uh, Ron didn't like it, as we know. We talked about it a little bit on the last episode. In case you missed that, go back and check it out. I'll watch it, listen, however you got to consume it. But that apparently the commanders had a trade worked out for Jimmy Garoppolo with the San Francisco 49ers. 
at the combine. Then they find out presumably through Jimmy's people, but I don't know. Maybe it was through John Lynch, Kyle. I'm not sure that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to have shoulder surgery. So the commander said, oh, wait a second. We can't do that. Uh, we got to bow out. And they pursue or they drop the pursuit of Jimmy Garoppolo and they move on to Carson Wentz. Now, here's the deal. It's okay to talk about this stuff, right? Like people act like we shouldn't talk about this because we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Let me tell you something. The hell with hurting people's feelings. My feelings get hurt all the time. Nobody feels bad for me. Nobody should feel bad for Carson Wentz. Nobody should feel bad for Ron Rivera. And I'm just being honest. Like, I mean, we're all men. We're all adults. We all can take criticism. We all can take slights. We all can realize that maybe we weren't the number one choice for something. I haven't been the number one choice for a lot of things in my life. You think that, you know, I could just crawl up, suck on my thumb and, and, and cry and wind myself to sleep at night? No. It's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to report stuff like this on Sunday morning, which is what Ron really seemed to be upset about. Now, Ron said it was a bullcrap report. That was his words, bullcrap report. But immediately he launched into this tirade. Guys, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't do this. I didn't set it up. Well, that's great. As I mentioned on the last episode, Ron, you don't have to set it up. Ron seemed more interested in defending himself from the report, distancing himself, separating himself than the actual report. Now, he did say, look, the report is the report. He didn't deny the report other than to say it's a bullcrap report, which I guess is a denial. So I can't say he didn't totally deny the report. But again, I, I, the way he said it was a bullcrap report, meaning um, the way that he didn't actually put it out there. And I don't know how many people were actually accusing Ron of putting it out there, if we're being honest. Um, so again, he did sort of dismiss the report by saying it was a bullcrap report. But I, the way I took it, the way I've heard it, and I've watched it, I've listened to it, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you. This is just my visceral reaction. And I thought about it. It was more about, hey, I, I, guys, I didn't do it. I, I didn't leak it. That's why it's a bullcrap report. Okay. So once you get past that, right, and you kind of sit down and you think about, hmm, should they have stayed in? Should they have made the deal for Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Carson Wentz? knowing that he needed shoulder surgery, knowing that he wasn't going to be an on-field participant in OTAs and maybe, possibly, not ready for camp and maybe, possibly, not ready at the start of the season. I understand why they did not make the trade and stay in the trade negotiations because I said at the very time that as soon as I found out about Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder, which I believe was like very early March, that I was out. I couldn't take a new quarterback to a new system who was going to miss, you know, approximately 16 weeks of the offseason and basically into August with no guarantee that he was going to be ready for camp, no guarantee that he was going to be able to play in the preseason, and no guarantee that he was going to be ready for week one of the NFL season. I couldn't do that unless it was so dirt cheap and so just, you had to do it, right? Even if Jimmy Garoppolo was slightly ahead or maybe marginally ahead of Carson Wentz. And that, to me, is the fascinating part of this argument. If I'm being honest with you, which I always strive to do, 
I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. I, many of you know that I have not been on Carson Wentz. I I I would did not want him. I I've seen way too much Carson Wentz in my life. Up down roller coaster, make you pull your hair out. All that. I understand the upside. I understand the good things he does. I got it. I need somebody a little bit more stable, a little bit more consistent. And I think we've already seen all of that so far in a bag of chips from Carson Wentz. Um, I would have rather had Jimmy G slightly because why? Again, I think he's much more stable in terms of his game process, all that, his play, his performance, game in, game out. However, the problem is he's terrible in big spots and not very good in the fourth quarter of games. Now, he did win a road game or help the 49ers win a road game uh, in week 18 of last year at the Los Angeles Rams to get into the playoffs. But we saw what happened in the NFC Championship game. We saw what happened kind of in the second half of the Green Bay Packer playoff win. We saw what happened in the second half of the Dallas Cowboy playoff win. Jimmy G really struggled. He did. And some of that is to be expected, but that is a problem for Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus, he gets injured a lot. Bottom line, right? Part of the reason why the commanders pulled out of the trade is because he was injured, because he needed a shoulder. He's had knees, he's had all sorts of things, right? The problem is, is while Carson Wentz, maybe you would trust him a little bit more in a big-time spot coming from behind or needing a score or whatever, it's all the other stuff, the first half, as we've seen, all the other stuff getting there, the road, the, the yellow brick road, if you will, that makes you want to just grit your teeth and pull your hair out, right? So to me, if we're, if we're just looking at the two, Carson is more talented. Carson has more high-end ceiling. Jimmy is more consistent and more stable. That's how I see it. Um, both have been injury-prone. So I couldn't have killed the commanders for making that trade, except if they would have made the trade and then found out, oh, yeah, by the way, Jimmy G needs shoulder surgery, I would have been going nuts. I, I just know I would have. So essentially, this is a long road to saying, you know what, six of one, half dozen of the other. I understand why they moved along from Jimmy Garoppolo. And when they couldn't get Aaron Will, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they moved on to the next plan, which happened to be Carson Wentz before free agency actually started. All right. So should the commanders consider benching Carson Wentz after week three? Ron was asked about it. I'll give you my answer coming up next, along with one of the 90 greatest of this organization with a big-time injury for a team that Jimmy Garoppolo is currently the quarterback of. We will fill in the details coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell, and here to tell you about our friends from LinkedIn. That's right. LinkedIn is going to help you get ready and get the right people on your team this fall. It's football season, baby. And we want your small business to fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to and faster and for free. I wish I would have had LinkedIn when I was running a small business. It was what David does now, Sports Illustrated, uh, Commander's Country. It wasn't, th it wasn't called that back then. Uh, it was different team name, all that stuff. But I had to hire my own staff. I had to do billing and payroll and all that stuff. But I had to interview people and I had to meet with people and I had to find people. That could help me out. That's what LinkedIn and LinkedIn Jobs is here to do, right? You create a free job post in minutes, 
uh, and on LinkedIn Jobs, you're going to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then when you add your job, you add a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then, of course, hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in developing uh, delivering, I should say, quality hires and leading uh, uh, versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to when you want to talk to them and faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Of course, you know that because you listen to us. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Of course, terms and conditions apply. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, right back with you on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. So week three, a 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles marked the Commanders' 36th regular season game under Ron Rivera in two-plus years. This is from Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington. In those games... Washington has only scored first 11 times. That's 11 out of 36. That's less than 33%, guys. Again, clip of about 30%. Their opponent, that means, has scored first 25 times. I've given you the number that they've allowed 18 first drive by the opponent points. Uh, 10 touchdowns eight field goals. They were actually riding a two-game streak in which they haven't allowed points on the first drive as many things have gone wrong against Philadelphia and Detroit. That's not one of them. But in 18 of the 36 regular season games under Ron Rivera, first drive points allowed. Uh, my friend Kevin Sheehan of the Team 980, I think I mentioned this on the previous episode, but I can't remember, uh, mentioned that they've been down by double digits uh, or, or I, I should say 20 or more points seven times, seven times uh, by halftime. I, I mean, that's just absurd, right? So Washington's record, when another team scores first, again, 25 out of the 36 times, Washington's record is 8-17. and 17. Uh, Again, some of those numbers provided by my friend Pete Haley, of um, NBC Sports Washington and the uh, Commander's Talk podcast. Meanwhile, uh, my pal John Kime of ESPN noted, on first downs in the last two games, Washington has averaged a combined 5.82 yards per carry compared to 5.28 yards per pass attempt. Again, higher rushing yards per carry average 
in the on first downs in the last two games. First downs, very big thing in the analytics community. They all want you to pass. Here, Washington is running better, 5.82 yards per carry versus 5.28 yards per pass attempt. Carson Wentz is 20 of 39 for 206 yards on those first down throws. So 20 of 39 is just over 50%. That's not good. Not good. And again, they've thrown 39 times. They've been sacked at least once. I think it might be twice, but I haven't done the full research on that. But I know they've been sacked at least once. So that's over 40 dropbacks. They've run the ball 22 times on first down, on first down in the last two games. That's a little bit of time, a lot of time, a little bit of me. They've run the ball 22 times for 128 yards. Again, 5.82 yards per carry, 5.28 yards per pass attempt. And again, at least 40 passing drops, which includes uh, sacks on first down in the last two weeks. Uh, and 22 rushing attempts on first down. That is clearly about a two-to-one pass-to-run ratio. That's not good when your quarterback is completing like 52%. That's not good. Not good at all. Not good. In the last two weeks, uh, also according to Kahn, again, horror shows against Philadelphia and Detroit in the first half, and really Philadelphia throughout. Washington has run a combined 55 plays in the first half of games. 27 of those 55 plays have gained zero or fewer yards, meaning an incomplete zero, fewer sack or run loss. That's pretty self-obvious, right? But 27 of 55 plays in the first half have resulted in zero or fewer yards. Um, you do the math, boys and girls, 27 times two is what? 54. They've run 55 plays. So that's almost 50% of the plays they've run in the first half of the last two weeks have resulted in either an incompletion, no gain, or a sack, or a loss of yardage on a run. And trust me, it's more been in the passing game, as we all know, than it's been in the running game. Not that the running game was great in Detroit. It was pretty darn good in the first half, as we chronicled against Philadelphia. And they just simply did not go to that well enough. All right, coming up, we wrap up the show with updates on one of the greatest uh, 90 players for this organization, plus a big blow for the Giants that, listen, it helps the Washington Commanders, but trust me, it really has no impact on the commanders because they need to help themselves. We'll do all of that next right here on LOC. Good to have you with us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, right back with you, and we wrap up the show this way uh, on Locked On Commanders. Normally, we would do Locked On NFL power rankings in uh, this particular spot, but listen, it's pretty depressing, as is everything right now, so I think I'm just going to bypass it. 
again, I get to make up the decisions on the show. I, I don't want to be any more depressed than I already am. Uh, one of the 90 greatest players of this organization, and he was added on in controversial fashion, as we know, as we've talked about, is Trent Williams. Plays, of course, for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, one knock against Trent throughout his career is, you know, he's had trouble staying healthy and, of course, had, you know, two suspensions for recreational drugs early in his career when things were a lot more restricted, right? But whatever. On Sunday night against the Denver Broncos, trying to help Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers, who actually played pretty well in the first half, but again, in the second half against a very good defense in Denver, really, really struggled, as everybody knows. Trent Williams had to be, uh, at first, we thought he was going to be carted off the field. Then he hobbled off the field with a lot of assistance. We found out high ankle sprain for Trent Williams. He's going to be out four to six weeks, according to Kyle Shanahan, four to six weeks. That's tough low for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, who, again, are missing some running backs. Just got George Kittle back. Uh, obviously lost Trey Lance in week two. Uh, now dealing with no Trent Williams. All right, Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the New York Giants. Uh, many of you probably saw this on Monday Night Football in a tight loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Trent um, Sterling Shepard tore his ACL late in that game, just simply running around. Non-contact injury. Just running around field turf, left leg just buckled in the ground. Towards he's had all sorts of injuries. Good player, all sorts of injuries. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Huge loss for the Giants, who already had limited weapons. Right, Kenny Galladay hasn't worked out. Uh, he's griping and whining. He's going to get traded at some point, maybe, or just released. Canarius Tony hasn't worked out. He's either injured pouting or they're trying to trade him. He wasn't even active on Monday night. Daniel Jones obviously has his issues. The Giants offensive line, I think, as everybody saw against, oh, by the way, those monsters in Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and others. Uh, don't forget about Anthony Barr and other defensive linemen. Uh, the commanders are not going to be able to forget about them this Sunday at AT&T Stadium. Uh, the Giants offensive line, a mess. So uh, ultimately, that injury I guess helps the commanders, I guess, but I, I can't sit here and go, oh, yeah, wow, the commanders are now in better position than the Giants. I do think they're in better position than the Giants. I do. I had this debate with Pete, my partner, on the radio on Tuesday morning. I do think the commanders are in slightly better position than the New York Giants. Not much, but slightly better position. And the Sterling Shepard injury certainly does not help the Giants' cause. Uh, Dak Prescott. Now, listen, he, he's talked to a bunch of different reporters. Jerry Jones has talked to a bunch of different people. So basically, the latest we have as of this recording Tuesday evening, and maybe this will change on Wednesday, probably not, but that is Dak Prescott wants to play this Sunday against the Commanders. Wants to play. However, Jerry told 105.3 The Fan in Dallas that, hey, you know, like he wants, we have to see him grip the football, right? We have to see him thrust the football out of his thumb and out of his uh, finger before we just put him out there recklessly. Remember, Russell Wilson came back early from a similar, similar, not exactly similar injury last year, and it took him several weeks to really get the flow and the feel, especially as the weather uh, turn cold. So it does not look like Dak Prescott is going to play for the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. You know, Cooper Rush is better than you think. He's 3-0 as a starter, and he's got some zip. 
and he's got pretty decent accuracy. And if C.D. Lamb can actually catch a ball or two uh, that's thrown directly in his breadbasket, directly in his hands, uh, as you saw in that final Cowboy drive on Monday night, which did result in, in C.D. catching a couple of great passes, including one for the touchdown, if he catches them all, the Washington commanders are going to be a deep, deep, deep doo-doo. All right. It also looks like the Cowboys are going to get Michael Gallup, who, of course, tore his ACL last December, and Dalton Schultz back into their lineup. They're pretty darn good tight ends. So some more for the Washington commanders defense to worry about. The commanders worked out former Buccaneer speedster Cyril Grayson today. In addition, or I should say on Tuesday, in addition, they worked out other wide receivers, Caden Davis uh, of Northwest Missouri State, Tyshawn James of Central Connecticut State, and Kevin Shaw, spelled S-H-A-A, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing uh, it, of Liberty. So four receivers, and you might be going, hmm? Same reaction we all had. Outside of kick returner, that's the only conceivable thing unless there's an injury we don't know about. And we will find out maybe more on that as the week goes along Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday when they actually have to submit injury reports. They haven't signed any of them as of Tuesday evening, but by Wednesday afternoon, they of course can't. Or later in the week or maybe later in the season. Maybe it was just a hello look. But as far as we know, no offensive linemen, no corners, no linebackers, no defensive linemen. They refused to sign a veteran, any veteran with a track record that didn't at some point play for the Carolina Panthers. I, I, I don't know why. Even guys that did play for the Carolina Panthers in Star Latulule, they're not signing. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of like what Ron is, is kind of building here is he wants young, cheap, flexible uh, and he'll exchange experience and maybe teachable, maybe teachable. Maybe he feels like veteran guys are a little stubborn, a little thick-headed. He wants guys that he can mold after everything that has gone on here. Remember, with the defensive line fighting all sorts of technique issues, the whole Sam Mills uh, situation, him ultimately getting fired. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's like Ron has just decided, I'm going to trade experience for somebody that I can mold, I can shape, that my coaching staff can get to do what it wants them to do. And maybe that's the answer. And if you think about it, Ron had an interesting answer in his Monday press conference where he's like, you know, we've identified what's been wrong. We've, we know what's wrong. Now it's up to those guys to play better and to fix it. You know, Ron ain't taking any heat. Ron ain't pointing the finger of blame, at least publicly, at his coaches, or very rarely. Ron says, no, 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 we've got this. Don't look here, guys. We've got this. We've got it figured out. <laughs> we know what's wrong. Now it's up to them to fix it. And I'm loosely paraphrasing, but that's the general gist of what Ron said uh, on Monday. All right, that's going to do it for this particular episode. Oh, one other note, just a walk-off note. I forgot about this. Carson Wentz was hit 11 times by the Detroit Lions, 17 times by the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Cowboys hit Daniel Jones on Monday night 12 times, and they had 24 quarterback hurries. It's probably going to be a long afternoon at AT&T Stadium 
in Arlington, Texas on Sunday, one o'clock Eastern time, the kick David Harrison scheduled to be there in person to witness perhaps the carnage and uh, maybe a one in three start. Hopefully not, but we have to be realistic, right? We all want the team to win. It's better for us to win. It's better for you to win, but you have to face reality. All right. We do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen, your first view of the day. Come on back for the next episode again. David uh, will be joined by the guys from Locked On Cowboys for a crossover Thursday edition. Now make your second listen of uh, the day and watch the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or lock on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, that's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Thank you for joining us. We're free and available on all platforms, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. David Harrison covers the Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commanders Country. You can check me out Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, with Pete Medhurst, Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980, on the radio and the Odyssey app, anywhere, live, free, on demand, baby, rewind and everything, along with this show right here on the... Locked On Commanders Podcast. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.